1: and travellers down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, your spooky host, that is, Dave Ryan, and I am joined by the fright honourable stagger Malone. Lee, how are you this week?
2: Uh, not good.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I'm not good. You're uh, sick as a small hospital.
2: I am. I'm uh, pretty, pretty ill. But uh, yeah. look, I missed our no days off. Mr. Never yeah. Miss a Show. So here yeah. here I am putting myself through pain. <laughs>
1: through suffering. And through I watched earth. Thunder. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you went through a lot of pain <laughs> and you're sick as well. <laughs>
2: uh, but yeah. Ah look. Can't complain. It's not it's not COVID, so I'm happy with that. Mm.
1: Yeah. Um it's the Halloween season, pal. It is. Um have you uh done any uh, any spooky themed stuff do you do you like to decorate the house for Halloween like you got two kids no, no. not not a Halloween not Halloween people in
2: this house even connor no. Connor is like he's ten in December and he's like eh, I don't really want to dress up that's yeah. fine by me
1: there's never really a dress up guy um I love you know as noted many times in the show big horror movie guy we'll be dropping uh, Arketoween next week. Um, Big horror movie guy, not big for the aesthetics of Halloween otherwise. Like, we have some fairly minimal stuff around the house because it's like, uh, I don't know, do you get that, like, peer pressure thing of, like, you live in, like, a housing estate or an area with a bunch of, like, young families and stuff like that that you feel the need to not be the most inhospitable uh, house going no because the people next door to us are those people so us having was mi- oh, okay.
2: having minimal decorations is like an improvement on that
1: okay okay yeah we see for many years when it was like my friends living here with me mm. um it was very much we were like the you know the most nondescript non-celebrating any holidays looking house in the world so like I feel like I should do a bit more than that but we're talking like one notch more yeah it's like you know, there's a couple of like skulls on the windowsill. So that's about okay. it. Like we don't have big fucking lights or anything like that. You know, Je- all the best to the people who are that kind of people, but you know, not me.
2: Jen's thing will be she will change the the mat at the front door. Yeah, will be seasonal. Okay, and the wreath on the door. So we have a wreath all year round. So sometimes it's oh. a, a spring wreath, a summer wreath. I can't. I can't
1: put. I can't ever put you in touch with Emma prior to our wedding because you're right. going to cost us money in wreaths. She's well into the idea of getting a wreath for the door and, like you, seasonal, year-round sort of situation. Hey, listen,
2: listen, listen. This is not on me. I come home, there's no wreath on the door. Yeah, yeah, That, yeah. that That's as much as I contribute. Yeah. And I noticed... But I... Did you notice the door? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I noticed the new colour on the door.
1: No, I am the kind of grumpy, clichéd... Uh, Man, that's like um, I'm like we we could be spending that wreath money on you know fixing this or that in the house, <laughs> you know. There's way more practical uses for that. However, for I don't know what the fuck, what a wreath runs you nowadays. Um, but yeah, it's more a principle thing than I think. Look, I don't object to the aesthetics of a wreath on the door. I, I've never met somebody that's like, anti wreath. No, no, I don't, like. Do you know, I I guess maybe if you if you only understand wreaths in the context of funerals, you're probably like not best pleased to to see them come into the home. Um, I mean, but yeah, like I mean, I don't think anyone's having a black and white one on their on their front door. A good a, a good seasonal wreath, I can totally get on board with. I'm just like it's not it wouldn't come near the top of the list of things that I would think to get. Would you be more of you a know, I mean, more of a hanging basket man? I am a hanging basket man. I I did become a hanging basket man in my twenties, so I can't even blame that on a uh, on being old because it was just like it's it's one of the, <laughs> the easiest ways to maintain any sort of flowers around a house when you're not exactly that committed to the bit. Um, I gotta say, um, we uh, we we have a little bit. I I was thinking, you know, we usually have the the pre-show chat about. Um, Is there anything else, like, you know, current day that we should be talking about? And we didn't really come up with anything. But literally, as we were hitting recordly, I thought of one thing um, that I'd like to uh, maybe ask you about, see if you have any thoughts on it. Is it Dominic Mysterio? No, it's not. God, no. Uh, I think we as a website here at the Voices of Wrestling have a uniform policy is that we are not we are not to care about this man. (laughs) No, oh, it's not a uniform policy. It's more that just to be intelligent and do not give a fuck about them. Yeah. It's not a uniform policy. It's just Joe would almost certainly think less of us if we did care. <laughs> and he doesn't think right much to. of us because we do a WCW show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I don't think much of us either. So that's. Uh, but no, I was going to ask you about the, the skull boat that was going on over the weekend, and that is the uh the reality that Goldberg's WWE deal is about to come up is it and yes this was their um I will try and get the exact details on again, it
2: again I I'm no longer online all that much so I miss
1: all this stuff yeah. um so this was you know the the thing yeah so he revealed um I'm just I'm, I'm scrolling here he was um he was doing an interview of some description and he kind of disclosed uh how long he's got. Oh, two months. Okay. Yeah. Um so the tornado year. So, yeah, so he's he's got two months left. Um there's no um there's no indication as to whether, you know, negotiations are ongoing or anything like that for him to, to re sign with WWE. I also do think that maybe like it's in his. Best interest to like, even if he doesn't go somewhere else to kind of maybe take a bit of time off, mm-hmm. and, you know, refresh. Like, it, you know, if he does want to come back,
2: I mean, he's well, he's what, late fifties.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he obviously doesn't like. He has enough money in the bank. He definitely doesn't need to, and he's definitely proven uh, that he's still a big deal. So he doesn't have to. Doesn't um, doesn't he
2: still do those like reality shows on like Discovery or whatever?
1: Oh, he does, like, is it Forged in Fire, the one with the knives? He no stats. Yeah, I think he does something yeah. with
2: knives and something with cars. And...
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was, see, he did the, before his comeback, he did the MMA commentator thing for a bit. and So he's got a lot of irons in the fire, does Bill Goldberg. Um, but I suppose uh, what I wanted from you was some baseless speculation. And that is, well, firstly, would you align with me in saying that Whatever he costs, I want to see a little Goldberg AEW run.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: 100%. And the other thing I was going to say was, let's say he gets the Brock schedule. And he does maybe, uh, he does a year deal. Let's say he does a year deal, Lee. Mm-hmm. And you get four matches. We won't say that he's limited by TV appearances or anything like that. But let's let's give you four matches over the course of a year. What do you do with those four matches? Who are the four names you want to see him go up against?
2: Hmm. I think you have to bring him in and win a match. Yeah. So I'd bring him in, pay-per-view.
1: You'd put him with, who would you put him with? Are you going for singles matches?
2: I think so. I'd I'd, ha- I'd have to like I'd have to really think about where he'd fit on on the roster.
1: I I had seen somebody on Twitter. Um, if I can find them, I will give them credit. But somebody pitched an idea that if you want to have him come in and do like. Not necessarily an easy win, but just a, hey, here's a bit of a spectacle uh, match is you put him with the other WCW legend in a tag and have him and Sting tag against two heels.
2: Yeah, you could do that.
1: I don't know if I'd... I don't, like, I I don't, don't know think, I'd, I don't think
2: I'd go down that route, though.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't have them again. I've seen people say you do Goldberg versus Sting. Um but I wouldn't do that either because I want Goldberg to win and Sting hasn't been pinned. Yeah, so, it's AW, so nor should he be.
2: It's not the way to go. Um I like, like w- would you put Goldberg
1: with uh, Wardlow or something like that and then eventually Wardlow's the one that beats him? Mm. Well yeah, so some that's the other obvious one people have said Goldberg versus Wardlow at some point. Um Wardlow beats him in a cage. When he gets over his
2: cage, um, mm-hmm. I suppose what well, he's, he's been in three cage matches and lost them all, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah. Although I suppose that's one of those. Maybe it strains credibility that it's like if you put that match on, it's like, oh no way, am I believing that Bill Goldberg's going to be fucking arsed climbing that cage? <laughs> that's it's an hard. iron chic in a battle royal situation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, I suppose I'd probably go down the route of having four singles matches. Um, Yeah. Who they'd be with. I think you'd have to do... You'd have to give him a win over like a mid-card heel to bring him in. So, like... Would you put him over like... um, Would you put him over like a a Swerve or... Like, it'd be a big deal for Swerve to face him but you also probably don't want Swerve losing to him.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not like he's he's not a heel, but the, just when you said swerve, I thought Goldberg, Keith Lee. It's yeah, like, see, that, that's where it, I was thinking
2: know? initially. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I, I I think ultimately you'd have to have
1: yeah. a, a Wardlow or a... You know what the match is? Uh, Goldberg versus Danielson. He's not that's not the mid card match, but that's if I get if I'm only getting four and I saw what like uh, Danielson Lesnar is what's in my head. An absolutely fabulous encounter. It was. I just run it back.
2: Yeah, I think I think you'd you'd have to do uh, Goldberg Omega
1: somehow. Oh, do you know who we should go over that'll play off? Because they love doing this playing off cutesy things from years before. Goldberg Jericho. Yeah. Perfect, (laughs) you know. Seeing as like uh, a lot of Jericho's run in AEW has been like visiting the ghosts of the past, um, yeah, playing off that real life hockey fight they had. Bring Goldberg in dressed as C A. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then who's the who's the name you have him do the like in the final match? Who's the name you have him do the business for? Like, is it too obvious to say MJF? Yeah, there'd be a couple of options. I think depending
2: on when it'd be, I think MJF, Wardlow and Ricky Starks are probably the three I'd be looking. Mm. But Ricky Starks is always kind of up in the air, depending on what's the latest rumour.
1: Also, I think Ricky Starks would probably take the best spear since Cuiwi. That is true. Um... Yeah, like it, the the Wardlow thing is so obvious, but like, unless you are really going to strap the rocket to Wardlow, and it's like, right, Wardlow beats Goldberg and then goes on to like beat MJF for the title mm. or something like that. I I I don't think he's ready for that. No, um, it's an interesting one though, and it's one that I definitely I like look, obviously we're WCW fans in spite of everything we've had to watch on this show. Um, I think you'd be hard pushed to get us to say no, no to, to a Goldberg, Goldberg run. Yeah, yeah. We're always going to think there's a little bit more juice left in that Goldberg uh, than maybe there actually is. Um,
2: Goldberg just coming in and spearing somebody. It's it's well worth the movie.
1: But this is the thing is like his, if, for the most part, his last WWE run, he was booked much better than he was during his original WWE run where they were sending him out in very much too long uh, exposing matches having him wear a stupid fucking wig Mm. uh, all that sort of good shit Um, and even though the the most recent run was much better I would also have faith in noted WCW fanboy Tony Khan to have some good ideas Mm -hmm. if Goldberg landed in his lap that is true I also think, you know, if you want to think cynically about it, it's like, what's going to get people uh, <laughs> moving on a little bit from the CM Punk stuff? As so if you replace the biggest star you'd had till this point with another massive star, at least yeah. for a little while.
2: Yeah, that's um, definitely something that uh, they should consider anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that's just been rolling around in my head over the weekend. Um, before we get into um, the... Uh, for, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Before we get into episode 60 of Thunder, uh, Lee, I believe it's time to throw to the Days of Thunder Control Center for a word on our upcoming content. Thanks, Dave. You know, we have a packed week ahead over on a large man appears.com as
2: a special grab bag radio will be dropping this weekend. And as it's the end of October, that means it's time for the second annual installment of our Kedoween. And this coming Monday the 31st. As a special Halloween treat for all of our listeners. We will have an episode of Days of Thunder at the Movies. On Patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod. Available for free. As we will be reviewing the classic horror. Scream 2. Starring the one and only. Days of Thunder's favourite actor. David Arquette. And then. Because we'd just love to give you more. Next Thursday. We will have Rehash of the Champions 5. St. Valentine's Massacre as we will get our first look at Janitro Tenryu, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, as he will be in a World 6-Man Tag Team title match on that show. But if that's just not enough for you, we have more than a full day's worth of audio available in our back catalogue, spread across all of our great Patreon-exclusive shows, including Rehash of the Champions, Black and Golden Days, Lonely Audio, Days of Thunder at the Movies, TRL, Grab Bag Radio, and draft and drafts, and all of this for just five dollars. This is value for money you will not get anywhere else. A large man appears dot com, Patreon dot com, forward slash WCW Thunderpod... for all of your latest days of Thunder news and happenings.
1: And now we return you to your regularly scheduled podcasting. This is Thunder, episode sixty. The taped half tap of a double shot from Orlando, Florida. Uh, here we are in the impact zone. Uh, it's the 22nd of April, 1999. We got a 3.3 rating. So it's actually up 0.1 in the Nielsen ratings from the live show, which I would, I'm would i very surprised by. Uh, I would have thought, if anything, it would go the other way. Because as soon as... I don't know. As soon as I get a vibe, it's a like taped days before show. I'm just kind of like...
2: Aww. yeah, yeah it's it, it's odd but also i think one thing we've learned is that the nielsen ratings just week to week mean absolutely nothing
1: yeah um especially for this show so yeah we're back in the thunder zone uh larry and mike are here and hey here's a novel change for a taped thunder uh it's the guys doing the intro to a taped thunder with the audience behind them yeah so even if they are in the truck for the rest of the show, for all we know, uh, at least there's a bit more pretense towards pretending that they are in the building. I think they just uh,
2: obviously did like two intros. Yeah. Um,
1: or just shot two separate intros for um, yeah. the shows when they were there. So yeah, if it was, and do you know what, if it was Tanay and somebody else, I would say, no, they probably did stay out there for both of them. But like, I don't think Larry's staying out there for... Four plus hours. No, I can't see that. Yeah. Um today today just loves the game, so <laughs> I could see him staying out. Um we got a big show tonight as for what feels like the first time in a long time, Lee, Goldberg will be competing on Thunder.
2: Yeah, it has to be the first time since God, well before Well before the Bam Bam feud, wasn't it?
1: Uh, Yeah, like, he's been in a couple of segments, and he's, like, I think he's run out in a couple of main event brawls. The one I
2: remember is, remember he saved DDP in the run-up to Havoc? Yes. But other than that, I don't remember much of him on the show.
1: Yeah, now again, that could be because I'm starting to realise that we are getting what I can only call Thunderbrain. Then, like, uh, 60 episodes in now all of these shows are starting to blend together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I couldn't blame us too much if we had forgotten. I'm just scanning back here on uh, on Cage Match. God bless you, Cage Match, for this. Uh, Yeah, his last televised match on uh, on Thunder was the No Contest with Jericho in October of 1998. So it's been six months in TV time. Yeah, and he was like he was still world champion. <laughs> so was, think about there that. There was still so much promise. Mm. Like how long ago does it feel since he had that belt?
2: A generation, literally. A <laughs> <day>. <laughs> so many things have changed. Yeah.
1: Oh God. Um, I I will say so when they were doing the. Um, and they were doing the the intro to the show. I thought it was a re- they did a really good job. So uh, first and foremost, they mentioned Goldberg is on the show, and Larry in particular is urgently telling people, you know, go tell your friends. Fucking Goldberg's on this show. It's not the usual clowns, basically. <laughs> I, 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 he was saying, I
2: loved one of Larry's quotes. He said, "You know, Goldberg may not have the gold anymore, but the question will always remain: Who's next?" And I yeah. thought it was a great line.
1: I thought I thought Larry. Was really good in this segment because not just with that, but like Tane would throw to him for some of the big matches on the show. And he had really good little sound bites Mm -hmm. about, you know, the context of feuds. And this is like, this is what the color guy is supposed to do. It's the music between the notes he's adding. Isn't it refreshing when announcers aren't just arguing with each other? Yeah. Now, Larry, look, look. he didn't have one of his worst nights, but like he's still Larry. Like he's very, very limited as a commentator. Um, But yeah, just this this segment alone was like, OK, now I know there are a couple of big matches on this show. Mm-hmm. And Larry has told me why those matches should be important. Yeah. So, you know, good job here, I think. Um, Our first singles match. It's hacked with Chastity. Versus Humorous with Jimmy Hart. Um, First thing I noted about this during the entrances, Humorous has merch now. Yes. Who in the name of God is buying his merch? Um, uh,
2: um. (laughs) You got nothing. Um, Kind of like a sales. (laughs) Um, I don't think anyone bought a Humorous shirt.
1: No, do you think he just screen printed this at home? I don't think he'd have that capability. Got one of those, like, you you print off Microsoft, uh, like, MS Paint and you just, like, iron on the patch. I I think he just went to, like, some strip mall and said, "Uh, can you make a shirt that says this? Yeah, and we'll get to what it says in in a few seconds. Um, Here's something, Lee. And we had just talked about how we were pretty sure he was a baby face last week. But today informs <laughs> us the DDP's a heel now. A side oh, they had just... never
2: seen, except for four weeks previous. <laughs> my, my face was I, in I, my yeah, hands Yeah, I meant my face melted. So I was just like, oh my God, this fucking
1: company. So he was like a tweener for a while. No, he was full on heel. No, but he was... He was oh, sorry, yes, he was a heel. Then he was a tweener. Then he won the title as Babyface. And then last week (coughs) on Thunder, still Babyface. And apparently, according to today, and we would see footage of it later, he destroyed Goldberg with a chair on Nitro, to the extent where, of all people on this earth, Kevin Nash made the save for Goldberg. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What, like... What has been going on on these Nitros lately? Holy
2: fuck! Well, I mean, when we we started this podcast, we set out with the aim of if we just watch Thunder, just how much will we understand of this company? We're getting very little. We're getting right into the element of nothing is the answer yeah. to what we will understand. We're,
1: we are finally getting to answer that central question that the the podcast was loosely premised on. Um, here's the other thing, uh, and it will come up again when we talk about Flare later is that this DDP thing has really made me think about how. And I will not for one second defend him because it is going to be bad. But people very much, and I think we've alluded to this point before, and we've definitely talked about it in the Discord. People very much talk like everything was going fine till Vince Russo showed up with the booking in this company.
2: Yeah. Uh, people have no idea. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, we are still until the the middle of the summer very much in the the Kevin Nash booking era. We get isn't there like a brief Kevin Nash isn't the booker anymore? It's, it's Kevin Sullivan, it, Terry Taylor, and the committee. Yeah,
2: it's Kevin Sullivan, uh, Kevin Sullivan, Terry Taylor, Terry Taylor, um, and what's your man, the one that threatens, Mike Graham?
1: Yeah. And they also then take over the other side of Russo as well. Mm-hmm. In between Inf- Russo infamously. and Russo again. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. But like, what I'm saying is like, it's still, still Kev booking it. And we are now getting into like, this guy already ran out of all the half-decent IDs he had and is now just out of, just fucking about. Isn't,
2: isn't it funny to think that this whole time since basically Goldberg's been champion well a couple of months a couple of months afterwards Nash became head booker and yeah. all of a sudden Kevin Nash is getting elevated to be the world title
1: challenger and i know what... and all the while Hulk Hogan's away and Do you know what's very interesting to me as well lee is that um in very much something that is often i, I suppose correctly Attributed to Dusty. Old Kev certainly is like putting himself close to anybody that gets any sort of momentum in this company. Funny that, isn't it? As I was just going to say, like when Hogan's away, Nash gets elevated to
2: world title challenger. Then Hogan is back and Nash is like, oh no, you can be champion, it's fine. Yeah. And then Hogan goes off injured and who's back to being number one contender? Oh yeah, it's Big Kev.
1: What a worker.
2: What a he, worker! He satiated
1: the big man for what four months. Yeah, yeah. it's like he he did the um, it, uh, just as he was like catching fire again. He put himself in a feud with Ray, where he got to beat him, take his mask, but then also Show the do, a, do job a job yeah. and and get the kudos. Yeah. And now he has immediately to quote unquote rehab himself, aligned himself with Goldberg. Yeah, and he's now a face again. It's fucking incredible.
2: Ah, oh, listen, the man knew the man knew what he was doing. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, oh,
0: I'll,
2: uh, actually, I get, actually, we should say what scenes we're talking about. Kevin Ash. Very sad news about son.
1: Yes, horrible, mm. horrible stuff to hear, and. The one thing that I, I thought was just like, I don't know how he did this. Like, like he hopped back on his podcast within a week to oh, do like a tribute show. He's oh, already yeah. done an episode, yeah, to pay tribute, like tell stories about his son and, and talk about it all and everything like that. I'm just, I can't imagine the strength it takes to do something like that a week after losing, like it was the kid like 26
2: in, yeah, it was way far too young. Anyway, it's just in his twenties. Yeah.
1: Anyway, that's for sure. Um, and it was also happened
2: to be on what would have been Scott Hall's birthday.
1: Just a just a fucking. It, God, do you know what the amount of
2: times things like that happen, and you just have to go? You know what? Yeah. Uh, like you, you can't you can't plan for things like that. And uh, yeah, th- yeah. Uh,
1: what is it they say? Bad things like that happen in threes and sevens. Yeah,
2: so. Absolutely. Thoughts go yeah. to uh, Kevin Nash and his family.
1: Yeah. Um, let's, I guess, talk about this match. Um, so it starts off with, with Hack eating his own cane in the face. Uh, I got to say, right, like I said, Larry had one of his better nights. But uh, there was a couple of occasions where Larry just let the real Larry Zabisco thoughts pour out. And did you catch him completely eviscerating the entire notion of hardcore wrestling?
2: It's this, uh, I can't remember its exact quote, but yeah. He kind of just spends about a minute just burying anybody
1: that wrestles yeah. this way. And that's uh, not real wrestling and stuff yeah. like that. And he has to be cut off in the middle of it by Tanay, who is reminding him that they're trying to build a, a hardcore, hardcore division, division yes. at the moment. So he... Uh, and now, mercifully, he... he Got what today was trying to say and he's like oh yeah yeah and <laughs> he stopped um during uh Morris's flurry of cane shots there was one where he caught Hack directly on the nose yeah,
2: it looked fucking hella painful
1: <laughs> yeah it was real bad uh Hack then gives him his receipt with trash can shots uh one of which uh <laughs> I think uh, Hugh Morris does the the least heated flare flop of all time. Like he flare flops and nobody reacts to it. Um, Hack does his flip bump spot into the railings when they go outside. Uh, I really did um, like that shades of CM Punk. And when she, CM Punk took that bump, it's like wow that hurts in ECW. Um... Hack takes his flip bump into the barricades, and you can audibly hear the microphones. He just goes, Oh my god, <laughs> great. Um, it's at this point that I realize what Hugh Morris's shirt says it says, Amuse him, confuse him, and abuse him. Hindsight sure is funny, isn't I it? I was just thinking <laughs> the very same thing. <laughs> oi, 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 oi. Hey, yeah,
2: um, that's the man you want to put in charge of a fucking performance center.
1: Yeah, uh, Larry goes real fucking dark here. Where he said, "You know what? If I was in there, I'd take that little earring of hacks and I'd use it to pull out his eye like a hand grenade." <laughs> and today it was just like, well, that'd be a pretty brutal sight. Well, if
2: as somebody that is at the moment going through the series of Harley Quinn, that's something that I can
1: absolutely envisage happening. Oh, Lee, have we talked about that on the show yet? No. Oh, Lee, that Harley Quinn animated show is fucking great, isn't it? Amazing.
2: I'm all, I'm right at the end of season two. Um, oh. I've like blitzed it in the last... I can't remember when I sent you a message saying I'm starting to watch it. But. I think it was when we did the last one of these. I think you've been watching it for two weeks. Yes, yeah, but I fucking watched as more... Like, I've gone through fucking as quick as I could. But uh, yeah, ah, oh, Incredible.
1: Ah, oh, it's so good. The,
2: uh, what a... The, the best work of Katie Qualco's career.
1: The, the best work of a, like a lot of people's career that are involved in that and I like... So, I like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I think she's the the best part of a couple of bad movies and still the best part of the good Suicide Squad movie. Mm. Actually, no, because she wants a couple of bad movies. Birds of Prey is pretty good. Birds of Prey is decent. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah, she's the best part of the bad Suicide Squad movie. She's obviously the best part of Birds of Prey. And she's arguably the best part of uh, the Suicide Squad. Although, like, I'll hear your argument for John Cena's Peacemaker all day long. Um, he's fabulous in that movie. But it's a great, oh, it's a great little show. Great little show. I have season three download and I watched the first like couple of episodes. I need to get back to it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I did not see the twist coming for uh, season two of the yeah. the main two characters falling in love.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great, and this is like their um, the season three is like their world tour. Oh, it's okay. Good. It's very good. Um, so, uh, today mentions just offhandedly uh, that Piper is back. Yeah, in WCW, Commissioner Piper, and Commissioner Piper, and that on Monday he managed to get Ric Flair committed for psychiatric evaluation.
2: Yep, we're at that point, Dave.
1: Which means, Lee, next Monday is Flare in the Asylum. Oh, no. So, we're not going to watch that Nitro, because I'm not watching three hours of Nitro just for some of the worst skits in the history of professional wrestling. Not on this occasion. Okay. But I think for episode 61, we should watch the skits by themselves. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. If they if listen, they don't show them on Thunder, listen, let's give you let's give Thunder sixty one a chance to show us them, and if they don't, we'll watch them on YouTube before we record. You
2: made us sit through the Man in the Mirror Ultimate Warrior story, so
1: once bitten, twice shy, my friend. I um, still haven't forgiven you for that. This is like so the, I think we've gotten through. I think this will be the third of the. The Nitro moments that always pop up on the list of like the worst things WCW ever did, booking-wise. So, you mentioned Man in the Mirror. Mm -hmm. That's definitely up there. Um, The other one I had thought of was um, (laughs) Rick Steiner and Chucky. Um, Another storyline
2: that's been repeated constantly on WWE television.
1: And you know what? Every year that they tease Chucky's coming back, I'm going to innocently tweet that, hey, I think they should have him and Bron Breaker <laughs>
2: interact with each other. Come have Bron Breaker shown by enough fucking
1: troublesome people. He doesn't need Chucky. Uh, yeah, I enjoy pretending like I'm the first person that thought of it. <laughs> it really does tickle me. <laughs> hey guys do you know what they should do his dad was in this segment I don't know if you've heard about it oh <laughs> uh, the things we do to get through the day eh pal
2: listen if it'll royal up uh, some WWE fans on Twitter I'm off for yeah.
1: but now we get to yeah we get to Ric Flair and the Asylum and I, I suppose let's talk about it more when we do the flashback to Nitro but I'm just I'm very much bracing myself um, Larry also again in a moment of Larry's real thoughts. I feel like we should almost have a Larry's real thoughts jingle. Um, Larry just takes this moment to point out how fucking dumb it is to have a commissioner and a president.
2: Yeah, he goes on this. Who has more power?
1: Yeah, <laughs> today has nothing for him, yeah.
2: and he's like, no, no, look, seriously, who's who's
1: more powerful? Yeah, the the best today has is to go. Well, um, Piper was able to get him committed. I guess. <laughs> Um, they also, as if this is going to completely turn the business around Lee, announced the return of Lee Malone's favourite wrestler in the whole world. Brian Knobbs is back in WCW.
2: Did they say that? I missed that.
1: They did, yeah. I know. Well, you know what? You probably were so excited you passed out and forgot. That that must be it. I I, Cause I, I
2: totally, totally one hundred percent missed this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know you are just a just an unbelievable Brian Nobs fan.
2: I mean, the biggest. I couldn't I couldn't, poss- I couldn't possibly tell you my my favorite Brian Knobbs moments. You
1: are the number one knob. I've always said that.
2: You and many people.
1: Back to the action. Go on, I'll leave it. Back to the
2: action.
1: I want gonna... uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to so I don't wanna get, hanging... I don't wanna get sued again. hanging guillotine leg drop from Hack um, and he goes outside and gets a table which got a huge pop and then he went to get a second one got another pop for it Uh, after that he gets a ladder Morris is able to make a comeback while he's getting the ladder Uh, he gets the no laughing matter moonsault in on him Jimmy then helps him set up the tables and does one of I think like in hardcore Matches one of my least favorite things is when you have the table stack and you're too lazy to figure out a way to get the guy on the top table, so you just place him in between two tables. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, Makes no sense, <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Um, Chastity comes in, sprays Jimmy with the fire extinguisher. Morris gets knocked off the ladder through no, the he tables doesn't.
2: because he jumps off the ladder through the tables, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, so uh. While this spray is happening, Hack recovers and runs up the other side of the ladder and he gives him a couple of digs. And yeah, Morris like gently glides off the ladder um, through the tables. Uh, Jimmy then wins a tug of war over the cane with chastity, but it slips out of his hands and and Hack gets it hits a Russian leg sweep on a shard uh, of a table to win. And you know what I was going to say is like, the, the match was no great shakes. It's not particularly memorable. But you know what? As an idea for a type of match to open the Tate part of a show when people are a little bit tired, a little bit burned out, a hardcore match isn't that bad an it's idea, f- is it? It's a, f- a
2: fun, dumb brawl. That's all it was. It was just like, no- yeah. no- none of the... the... None of the action like left a lasting impression, but yeah. it was never dull.
1: Yeah, and the the crowd had fun with yes, it. Do exactly. you know what I mean? And they lost their mind for the table. They enjoyed the finish. They enjoyed the table bump just before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I think that's the kind of match that that's one of those kind of ones. If you're not going to do like a fast paced cruiserweight match or lucha match. This is probably right up there in terms of like what's going to get the crowd back up and having fun again after they've already been through so much tonight. This is the perfect idea, I think. Um, It's such a weird thing to praise like Hack versus Hugh Morris for bringing life back to the crowd. But it did. It did. Um, We go back to Nitro and Conan is attacked by the B team. Uh, I I think tonight you said that this was on Nash's orders. No, the the B team said it was on Nash's orders. Okay, okay. So this is like um, part of the because one of the things they're teasing on this show is guess what the NWO factions are fighting with each other. Yes, yeah, see, see, Daddy, um,
2: Daddy is gone. Hulk, Hulk is injured. So it's uh, it's now every man for himself. With regards, to who mm. who's running
1: the NWO? Um, So they beat him up, the highlight of which is you can hear in the background Brian Adams saying, he messed my damn hair, <laughs> which I liked. Um, <laughs> j- j- And then, yeah, T- Tanae does the tease of NWO family drama, which, Lord Jesus. Do you know
2: one thing I didn't consider before we started the show?
1: Uh, just quitting?
2: No, well, I did consider that many times, actually. Um, <laughs> Okay. No, like, before, before we started watching all these Thunders, one thing I never thought about was just how much Conan I'm going to have to watch.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's all over. He is a He is a Thunder MVP. He has been omnipresent in our entire run.
2: And he's not going mm-hmm. away.
1: And here's the thing about him as well, Lee. I don't know how much you remember of the Filthy Animals era. Not a lot. But you are essentially going to spend a year getting completely lost in what show you're watching, because essentially the fa- Filthy Animals do the same segment on every single show. I look forward to it. But much like the New Age Outlaws doing the exact same thing over on the other channel, it's fucking over like Rover. Mm-hmm. So I'm other hand, I can't. I can't beat them too much with and, it. Like and, if it's getting over, why change? And now
2: you know how uh, Garrett and Liam feel on TNA, where it's the Tree life Crew <laughs> doing the same thing over and over.
1: Yeah, yeah. God, there before the grace of God, eh? <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm totally not into this, but something uh, I am into is <laughs> Scotty Riggs' entrance. No, you're no. Nobody. No, is. I'm into. I'm into it because during his entrance, Larry Zabisco <laughs> has to reassure us because Tanae him is like, hey, he's a handsome man, isn't he, Larry? And he just wants to assure the entire viewing audience that he doesn't look at men that way.
2: <laughs> I I know I love this first thought of going, Hey, Scotty Riggs had facial hair the last time I saw him. Yeah. And then it's like but yeah i don't look at men like that
0: true love trumps all predator flying kicks not gay big watch not gay missionary one love gym socks nunchucka not gay light of fluid hd ninja world peace four wheel drive gay marriage love beef Free love golf club two guys not gay rainbow muff dive harvey milk sean Penn, not gay
1: the match starts and it's mostly Riggs controlling and showboating. One piece of his showboating would take on sig- more significance with context that was added later, but we'll we'll talk about that li- uh, when it comes up. Um, Conan ducks a corner charge to cut him off, strikes, whip and a clothesline. Uh, this is one of those nights where uh, Conan was not in the best cardiovascular shape at this time because maybe two minutes into this match, he looks completely blown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a near fall, leapfrog, mule kick, and a face buster from Conan. Uh, his whip is reversed, but he holds onto the ropes. Riggs, therefore, drop kicks nothing. Uh, tequila sunrise and a win. Fairly uneventful. I would say this is more your standard tape thunder fare yeah. uh, than the outburst. Um
2: one, one other thing is the tequila sunrise has... T- Sorry, hang on, hang on. I have Raw playing in the background and what, Okay, I'm, why? Uh, why for a start? I, was, I had the football on, and then Raw came on afterwards. Okay. Um. And The Miz and R-Truth from Raw last night is on. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they just cosplayed an entire John Cena, Daniel Bryan sequence. Oh,
1: really? Now, is this uh, who I am seeing at, at today on Twitter being argued as genuine WWE legend, The Miz?
2: Yeah, like... Uh, R-Truth did the the flying tackle, the yeah. spinning suplex, the attempted five knuckle shuffle, five knuff, five knuckle shuffle, easy for me. I
1: like five knuckle
2: shuffle. E- easy for me to say what I called, uh, yeah. which Miz then kicked out of with a kick to the top of the head, and then did a Busaikyo Ha! Huh. <laughs> now, I am no fucking expert here, Dave. <laughs> now I'm no scientist.
1: <laughs> But that to me screams of a John Cena Daniel Bryan sequence. Yeah. Hey, look, when you can't create your own magic, steal from the best. Eh?
2: Yeah. Any, anyway, what was I saying? Um, ah, fuck, I lost my train of thought.
1: Fucking Miz. <laughs> He's Fucking Miz. Ruining multiple shows in a week now. Oh, uh, oh I know what it was. The, the, Tequila, the Tequila Sunrise. Sunrise.
2: Uh, is the Tequila Sunrise the weakest looking submission this side of John Cena's SDF?
1: Do you know what? It looks like it would get a good a, a a nice little stretch to get the cramp out after a match. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I experience worse
2: pain when I'm getting like a massage.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I think like a mid-range massage is probably like more strenuous on the mm. body. Um, yeah, it it's not. Look, do you know what? It's over. <laughs> it's another one of those things where I throw my hands up. I've never been a big fan of the Tequila Sunrise, but it gets a big pop and he finishes people with it fairly fucking regularly. So just goes to show, eh? Um, we get a flashback to Nitro because we have a new Cruiserweight Champion as Seikosis wins a Four Corners match featuring Ray, Hoovi and Blitzkrieg after he does the top rope guillotine leg drop on Blitzkrieg. First time Cruiserweight um, Champion Seikosis. Who- and today, really putting them over strong as like this is a guy who's been like a steady backbone in the division, and he's finally getting his his druthers Basically, he's getting his title reign that he's he's really earned. Uh, so, I am excited to see some um, psychosis cruiserweight title defenses, provided he just doesn't lose it on Nitro next. I was week just going to say, I, I
2: can guarantee he's probably not going to be champion by the time we get around to Thunder.
1: By the next time we see him, <laughs> um, we get a singles match as El Vampiro takes on. Al Green. Is this big Al that goes on to be
2: Tank Abbott's long-time friend that he threatens with a knife?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, let me find out well, for you. They actually have the skins match or something, isn't it? For their leather jackets. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I have never... I don't think I've ever seen uh a cage his do you want his do you wanna guess what his rating on cage matches as a wrestler? Two point eight. One point nine. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen one that low.
2: The only thing lower than Holy that would, would be Benno's rating of William Regal.
1: <laughs> so he was um He got he during his career he went by Al Green, Bounty Hunter one. Dog, uh, Dog Master Blaster one. Blade, yeah, <laughs> Master Blaster Blade Hunter, Wrecking Crew Rage and Rage. I remember him as Rage. He's not Rage. Robbie Rage. No, he's not Robbie Rage, but he's just Rage. Uh, as part of the Wrecking Crew, because who was it? it? Was Rage and the Machine? And, and I had to be the Machine. Uh, Fury, Rage, and Fury. Uh... The Wrecking Crew. And Fury was um. No, I can't think of who that... He's like... Oh, hold on. No, it can't be. Because well. um, his name... Fury's real name is Mark Laurenitis. Oh, yeah, it would be, yeah. Joe's brother, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. A.K.A. The Terminator. Yeah, yeah he was the yeah. Terminator, yeah,
2: yeah 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 so yeah, there Adult you Twitter. go yeah. and, and uh, obviously your... Johnny, Johnny Aces Twitter,
1: yeah yeah. there's your deep Wrecking Crew lore <laughs> I've always said we're the number one Wrecking Crew analysis podcast on the internet so
2: is Al Green one of the master blasters with Kevin Ash yes so he's obviously got a job because his boy is now the booker
1: yes I would have to say because let, let me check I, I feel like we've seen oh we've seen him before yeah, we have seen him before, but I can't. Yeah, he was Master Blaster Blade, um, as I was saying earlier. This is the first time we've seen him since um, three weeks ago. Oh, actually, yes, three <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> oh, what is happening to our brains with this show? I knew it had to be recently. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was the tune-up match for. Um, it was so. It was a month and a half ago. So it wasn't quite ah. three weeks. Uh, it was the tune-up match that Sonny Ono and the cat had before the pay-per-view. Remember where Sonny Ono pins the guy? That was him. And then, yes, uh, like a a month or two before that, he had the match with Perry Saturn where we are like, hey, this guy looks like a discount Perry Saturn. (laughs) And once again, oh my God, time is a flat circle because the first thing I wrote in my notes here was Hal Green is going full Kmart Perry Saturn tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I'll say one thing about this match. I'm quite ready for Big Ian to have his face paint yeah. now. Uh, uh,
2: it
1: it looks weird to see him tan. I'm done
2: with El Vampiro. I want just straight up Vampiro fucking
1: messing about with tombstones at the stage. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, today announced at the start of this match that they they got a notification that the main event has changed. One of the yeah. things that uh. That Flair signed was it was going to be Raven and Saturn versus the Horsemen, but now they've inserted Kidman and Ray, split them up, and put them on different teams because fuck it.
2: Yeah, well, I, I don't um, hate the idea. I just hate that they changed what was going to be a fucking great match.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you who does hate it, Larry. <laughs> Larry, it's just like basically one century sure ago. This is complete bullshit. <laughs> He was going full like mad dog and Fraser. This stinks is dull BS. Like uh he didn't care for the change whatsoever. Uh Vamp rightfully looking to make short work of Al. Uh, this is the first match on this show where I noticed a lot of people dressed as chairs for yeah, large portions of the show. I think show. a lot
2: of people have left in between matches
1: here. Um, there was also there was a shot, a reverse shot in I think it's the TV title match where people had started filing back in. On the hard camera side, but on the side that the hard camera was rooted in, empty.
2: Okay, I did like I didn't it, like spot that.
1: tarped over, tarped over empty. Not like people fucked off empty, as in they didn't sell those seats Ugh, empty. Not good. Yeah, uh, not great. Yeah, not great at all. Because uh, this didn't look like that big a building either. Um. So yeah, a lot of people dressed as chairs. Uh, <laughs> Larry has a. A thing in here about, uh, you know, Tanae is trying to put over uh, Vampiro's martial arts and things like that. And he goes, yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter because no matter how good you are at martial arts, you can't beat cement. Uh, I think this was after Vampiro did like a plancha. And he talks about oh, how, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah, a trained yeah. luchador, he's trained in martial arts, and he goes, doesn't matter how well you're trained, like, you're not going to be able to beat cement. And he, like, I think there's one of a couple of occasions in the show where he talks, he basically says, like, you couldn't pay me enough to take a dive like that. Um, fully enough, he described, like, I don't think he was trying to do it as a clever bit, but somebody did a suicide dive, and he was just like, oh, I would not do that in I a I think it was vamp, when vamp did,
2: vamp did it. Was it? Of, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's like that's suicide. But I don't think he was being clever because it was a suicide no, he, dive. He, he I think he was not. Yeah. No. Um, so Al Green gets some shine with uh, a couple of moves, like a double underhook power slam for a near fall. Uh, Vampira makes a comeback, uh, and that ends up with him like he beats Al Green with a forward roll. Yeah, like I, you, you got it. I know they hadn't like fully decided. You know, we talked about this where they're like protecting him a bit. But also, they don't seem to be like, oh, let's properly do something with Vampiro. It's weird. And for me, and maybe this is like our bias of knowing what they would mm-hmm. plan to do with him later. It's like, you've got to be beating Al Green more clean than this. I don't think they've even established a finisher
2: for him at this point. So. No. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they weren't quite sure where they wanted to go. But obviously, as yeah. Vampiro starts changing things up and they kind of get behind him more, yeah. they'll.
1: But I suppose the way I look at it is like even if you're not sure you're going to do something with Vamp yet you know you're not doing that with Al Green. Just have him squash the fucking dude. <laughs> like have you it's... seen Al Green? Oh, and I guess you know as you very astutely pointed out look who has the yeah. book. You know it's it's probably one of those cases. Uh, next up we've got a world television title match with Booker T defending against Young Dumb and Bobby Duncombe's own Bobby Duncombe Jr. Um, today starts the
2: segment.
1: He's, a, he's a solo side. again. He is a solo again. Uh, Tanae, uh, starts the segment on a bit of a sad note. Um, where he talks about how uh, Rick Rude had passed away earlier this mm. week. Um, Rick Rude. The pomp of Rick Rude was slightly before my time of of watching wrestling, but he would have been right there when you were, um, a, a young mm-hmm. man uh, watching wrestling. Uh going back I very much appreciate him. Um but uh, your thoughts I guess on, on, on Rick Roode? Uh, uh growing up he was one of those guys that was just always one of the
2: top heels, like whether it was like I vague memories of him in the WWF, but it was mostly that WCW stuff that I saw as a young child. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, like I remember a lot of the kind of distinct feud and stuff like that. But yeah, always a fan of, like, mm. as I got older and went back and watched, always been a fan of his work. I thought he was just an incredible heel in both WWF and WCW, mm. and I'm really glad he had that WCW run because he absolutely was a top guy. And yeah. I'm just I'm just sad we never got like a proper Rick Rude, Rick versus Ric Flair feud like if Flair had to come back as a face and kind of went against Rude I think it would have been something good Mm.
1: yeah and and he is one of those guys that like like you said he he had everything Mm -hmm. all the tools to be a top Mm -hmm. guy and he'll always be one of the what ifs if if If, if he was
2: a fucking bitch yes and actually wanted a proper program with somebody
1: yeah I think the sky was the limit for the guy um just unbelievable look. Unbelievable look.
2: Charisma out there for Just... And, like, just... Oh. Out.
1: And obviously, like, until... Um, until his accident, um, he... Which was, what, 93, could, wasn't it? 93. Man could go.
2: Yeah. If you, know? you ever wonder why people get nervous about those... You know, the elevated rings with the platform. it It's because yeah. of what happened to Rick Root. So he was... Mm -hmm. on a tour of New Japan, or was a big WCW uh, New Japan show, and he was sent out a ring, and his back basically hit the edge of the platform, and he was just never the same, basically, wasn't it? Yeah. It was his back, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. His back, yeah,
2: it was gone. Um, Well, yeah, that's why people always get nervous when they they see the elevated ring in New Japan, and, Mm.
1: yeah, sad. Yeah. Um... Back to this uh, this TV title match, like we said, is Booker T versus Bobby Duncombe Junior. And i was sitting there just scratching my head, like, how has Big Bob come earned this shot? Um, it's a TV title. Nobody cares. <laughs> like that, that's that is definitely the shoot answer. Um, I'll give me we that. Are what?
2: Six months away from the title being pulled out of the trash.
1: Mhm. Yeah, thereabouts. It's it's a TV title. I don't know what you, what you want. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I want from a title like that. You just know the WCW no, give not. that WCW no, they're not, and like it's
2: a fucking it's amazing that at this point they think having the TV title on Booker is kind of somehow an elevation of Booker it's really not it's it's more of anything taking him down
1: yeah and it's it, like do you know what it's not like there's any company that are really doing that shit better nowadays because no. like look at the TNT title now which should be like should mean a lot on the War Dog or you look over it. like I guess we're going through a brief period of time where they actually are doing something with the Intercontinental title again mm. uh, with the, the, the Gunter run and And I will say I have seen some of the the Gunter Sheamus feud, and those matches have been brilliant. You know, and the um was it on the pay per view that they did the the Brutes versus Imperium, and it was it absolutely banged as well. Um, just uh, who knew when you let like dudes just go in and fucking stiff the hell out of each other and just have a great match. A great match was
2: The 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 PC did a really great job uh, producing that Gunter guy.
1: Yeah, where did he come from, eh? <laughs> Fucking hell! Um, so uh, today, <laughs> today rocks us. By like he thinks this is gonna you know change the face of reality itself when he reveals that Booker T didn't actually play any organized sport in college, uh, or in high school, uh, he was a trombone and tuba major in the band. Um, I, I guess the idea, the point was that like, in spite of the fact that he hasn't been an athlete all his life, he is such a, a genetic natural, freak that natural he's natural athlete yeah I think that's actually the phrase yes. he even uses natural athlete it's just like he look how quickly he took to this without any sort of athletic background whatsoever so I appreciate that even if he, he does kind of like <laughs> it's like a backhander because it's like he's such a fucking nerd but he's a real good athlete <laughs> and it's such a pity that having done plenty of commentary he's just so bad at it still hmm <laughs> um Duncan I'm only getting a, a couple of spots in here uh, this this match is all Booker. People are really into him. Um, goes through a break, and pretty much right as we come back from the break, uh, Bobby absolutely snots Booker with a big boot. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Which would you have rather taken—the cane shot in the first match or this? Probably the cane shot.
2: Mm. Cause you'd be somewhat bracing for her. like that fucking big boot. You just belt him like you just.
1: Yeah, like Booker doesn't yeah, cause like I think can- he doesn't
2: even take half a step out of ropes and Duncan is right there.
1: Yeah, a cane shot's a cane shot, but like for those of you who haven't seen Big Bob come, um, he's a big I, I, dude. I hope has seen that. <laughs> he's a he's a fucking unit as Big Bob come. So that boot is gonna do a number on you. It's gonna do a number on you. Um. Bobby going for near falls in an attempt to wrap this thing up. Uh, Tonight gives us a, a Hogan injury update this week. He had surgery with Dr. James Andrews uh, on his MCL. I feel like he was in with James Andrews for like a week and a half before he finally cut him open to do the MCL. Like they've been really milking this injury progress report. I, I really him. hope
2: like they, they really should have done like kind of RNN type Hulk Hogan injury updates. Ah, oh,
1: I loved RNN.
2: Wait, yeah, listen, that's the reason he's a star. Fuck Evolution.
1: Absolutely. Um, Larry has zero sympathy for Hogan, which I did enjoy. Uh, Nash has claimed, apparently, they're talking about the, the Nash DDP uh, fracas at the moment. There's going to be a title match between the two at Slambury, And he's going to go full Bane because he is promising to break Paige's back at um, you know because of what he did I guess to Goldberg on Monday but also to Hogan before that because he's been given the credit for putting Hogan on the show
2: here's something to uh, consider if you've never thought about it
1: Hulk Hogan and Larry Zbysko could have been brother-in-laws those are some interesting family dinners (laughs) potentially and that's why Larry is probably so bitter towards uh, Hogan
2: yeah just, just think about that. Imagine those, uh, mm-hmm. those get
1: getaways with the family. I would, Jesus Christ! Imagine just being a the the normal family member at those dinners. So you'd have Vern, Greg, Larry, yeah. and Terry. <laughs> oh fuck! And probably fucking beaver there with him. <laughs> god oh that's a fucking horrendous fucking crew never too far away um so um oh my god uh bobby Duncan hits maybe the worst top rope clothesline i've ever seen for two he (laughs) hits a clothesline that's so much worse than the one wrath did that blew out his fucking acl last week (laughs) That was the same show. the same tape. Yes, it's just the same tape, but it's like an hour and a half later. <laughs> <It's> significantly <laughs> worse. Going, oh, I can do that, right? Yeah. And like, it wasn't. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, he didn't hurt himself. So technically, that's better, but it fucking hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, if you can't, like, literally jump forwards with your arm extended. It is not that hard. How do we have, on one set of tapings, one this embarrassing, and two where a man put himself out for a year with a leg injury? That's trainee show level shit, like. Holy shit. Same spot, maybe
2: fucking end in two careers, like.
1: Like, yes, Wrath is out for a year, but if I was Bobby Duncan and did that close line, I would go into hiding for a year. I would fake an injury for a year so I didn't have to we, be in public.
2: Imagine Duncan went out and we then got Chronic as Bobby Duncan Jr. and Brian Clark.
1: Oh, my God. Don't do that to me. Don't ruin my childhood. Like I said, I was a big Chronic guy. You still are, apparently. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait for Chronic. I really can't. <laughs> Just fucking two big stiffs clotheslining the shit out of dudes. Choke slamming them all over the place. It's gonna be great. Uh, getting getting in bar fights with with Nazis. Remember that? No. Remember they're in... Remember they have an interminable feud with the Harris brothers? And one of them is like a big APA style oh, fight okay. at a local bar. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it's bad! It's a bad feud. They're two bad human beings. Those Harris brothers, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. I don't know. I, I
2: think those those uh, tattoos are just just happen to be there. They, <laughs> they just they, love they snakes. That's yeah. why they have so many S's <laughs> on themselves. <laughs> they nothing about it.
1: No. <laughs> oh shit! I just woke up. The <laughs> tattoo on me. <laughs> uh, Fucking racist <laughs> pieces of shit. <laughs>
2: Anyway. I heard Garrett's a big fan of them though.
1: <laughs> I'm not touching that one. You'll eat you, <laughs> you beef with that man by you'll yourself. Never it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're intent on causing like a beef between us and you gotta be kidding no, me. Not at all. I love when they come out on our show and we talk about WWE. Yeah, well Christmas is coming. Yeah. So He won't have to wait too much longer. Um, So, uh, Booker reverses a suplex into one of his own, and both men are down. Uh, Duncan then hits a three-point stance clothesline for a pair of two counts. Uh, He's pissed, and he gets the cowbell. Booker ducks a cowbell shot, hits the axe kick. And it's funny, because are are you still, like, even two years into this run on Thunder, near uh, like, three years of podcasting and a year and a half real time, into Thunder uh, I still buy the axe kick as a finish even though it's not as good uh, he because it just it, looks just like, that should
2: be his finish
1: yeah I've just like because it just looks so good Um, he does the axe kick then he does a slammer then he does um the missile drop kick into the cowbell because uh, Duncan is lifting it up again to throw it at him um, and he wins um, and I will say during the replay, I was watching this late at night. It'd been many hours since I ate my dinner, and I recant the things I said last week. I really want that square burger
2: <laughs>
1: that that's just your stomach talking you, you don't you don't want that with yeah. a square burger No, I do I definitely want it this week. We'll see if it comes back next week i'll I'll give you an update actually um, did, did, did you to... have any of those you know the kFC double the double yeah. down. Where it was the, the fried chicken was yeah. the bun. Did you ever try that? No. No, I didn't. Yeah, that that's something I don't think I could ever consider. I feel that was like... It obviously was a gimmick. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, I feel like it was a gimmick. Because it obviously was a gimmick. But it was just like... It was just two pieces of fried chicken stuck together with cheese. And that, look, I'm, I'm all for that. But, like, I think it was one of those things where... Let's just call it a burger to make people mad... Thus generating more public publicity for this thing, yeah, because that's all it was, wasn't it? It was like fried chicken, fried chicken, and like bacon, cheese, and yeah, sauce in the middle. Yeah. yeah, so it's like just two pieces of fried chicken stuck together, or whatever else they had left <laughs> in the kitchen. Um, I'm not like I'm not against it, but it's not like whenever I go to KFC. Are you a KFC guy? Eh uh, hmm. No, was... Are you t- are you to KFC when I am to Burger King? No, not even that. It's just I don't go there all that often, When I do go. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. So you are kind of like I am with Burger King. I just don't go on my way to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't get the burgers in KFC when I go to KFC. I'm like, I, if I'm there, if I'm in KFC, I'm going original recipe. Okay. You know, I'm I'm going with. If I'm feeling particularly decadent, I'll get, um... I don't know if they have them, uh, if our friends in the States have it and call it the same thing, but we have the Mighty Bucket for One here, I've, which is quite I've the feast. I've seen this. It's, uh, a large chips. Um, which is still quite small. Two... Two original recipe pieces, two hot wings, and two boneless strips. Jeez, that is a lot. It's, it's quite something. It's, um... Well, you know what? On the right daily, on the right day, you'll see something special. If I order that, I'll tell you, polish that fucking uh, thing off. I'm assuming
2: you just you have to get a uh, gravy as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, you do, and you have to. Again, the thing about KFCs that kind of pissed me off is that um, I think from branch to branch they vary wildly in terms of quality. Like nothing has ever hitting more than about a, you know, a seven point five eight out of ten. Mm. But, like, you could definitely get ones that are just as low as, like, a 4 yeah. out of 10. <laughs> like, in my town, we inexplicably have two KFCs. Oh, yeah, you said
2: before, the good KFC and the bad KFC.
1: Yes, yes. And, you know, you figure that out pretty damn the quick. The good one's in, pretty the, good damn ones in the shopping
2: centre, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: it yeah, is. Yeah. Good man, yes. Yes, the original. That was the original. Which is, it's it's tragic because the bad one is closer to my house. <laughs> Oh, those first word problems. To be problems. fair, <laughs> there's what? Like a five-minute walk between the two of them? Ah, but it's that five minutes that counts at this time of year when the weather is shit. Um, we get a flashback to Nitro. Buff challenges Scott Steiner for the US and Martial Arts Division titles at the pay-per-view. Uh, Scott says that Buff isn't a real man because he waxes his eyebrows and was once a Chippendales dancer. Uh, and I love... I, I got a appreciate the temerity of scott steiner to uh criticize someone's masculinity based on them being precious about their own appearance the man who kisses his own biceps Mm -hmm. thinks someone is too precious about themselves
2: i also doesn't he say that um because buff's mom wanted a daughter that that means buff is actually not a real man Mm. so scott steiner is by the pinocchio
1: rule Yes. Um Yes. God is got us quite something, quite a piece of work. Um he tries to he, he obviously thought this was a very clever line. He goes, I don't think buff's a good name for you. The NWO gave you that name. Let's call you Boy Bagwell and no one in that crowd of Nitro seemed to be into it.
2: Yeah, um I don't understand the whole boy bagwell thing or what you what was aiming yeah. for.
1: No. Uh, our next match, a potentially unbearable pairing here, Fit Finley versus Buff Bagwell. Um, interestingly, the crowd had really filed back in for the Booker T match and doesn't immediately run back out to the concourse during this one. Because um, bu- back Buff is over. Buff is over. The, the, the entrance is over, with the I'll, I'll, is over. The over. i give
2: them credit, they are trying and he is getting over.
1: Yeah. Um... He makes a strong start, but uh, he makes the mistake of showboating in front of Mr. No Crack over there. Uh, um, um,
2: oh, I Actually, I, I have another
1: axe to grind. Okay. Hit me, because I've got to... Comp- look, this match, there's very fucking little to talk about. Uh, I'm going to be derailing this match right after we get it back on the rails after whatever you say. So, hit um,
2: me. I've spent a bit of time listening to some older podcasts, and I went back and listened to an old... Uh, An old Joe Gagney Christmas draft featuring, of course, our friend Alan Farrell, Rich, and Joe from the flagship and the one only Joe Gagney. And they did a draft. Shout out to Joe Gagney. They (laughs) they did a draft. Big fan of the show, actually, Joe Gagney. They did a draft a couple of years ago on the Nitro years. Using Mm. the whole WCW roster. And... Alan Farrell, who was a noted hater of Fit Finley, yeah. drafted Fit Finley in the mid rounds for his roster and noted, uh, what was his exact term? Uh, a versatile guy that I can do lots with.
1: Oh. And let me
2: tell you, oh, oh, oh. I stopped what I was doing. Look, I, I glared at my phone. And I was like, oh Alan, 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 Alan. You didn't hop
1: in the DMs. No, you know? I,
2: I I said that hang, hang him out to dry on this show.
1: Yeah, hang him out, and then in four months, when he gets to this episode, because God, for some reason, Alan is watching he, these thunders he, along yeah, with was, us. He
2: maintains he wants to watch the shows along with us.
1: Um Yeah, so he will be it'll be like sometime in the new year, you're gonna get a DM going yeah he will yeah, yeah. he airs out his dirty laundry That oh, man has no shame <laughs> well obviously he fucking drafted Fit Finlay
2: but yeah Jesus I, I was not impressed and also gives, it, it gives me, me hope for when we do have Alan on potentially to yeah. do a draft show
0: at one point oh lord it's going to be something oh, else oh the promos YuffieOfficial.com slash video lock. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: Yes, that's right, my friends. It's Dave coming to you from the Edit Bay in the middle of the night, which means it must be time to talk about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. And you're saying to me, Dave, I've heard you say this before. Why are you reminding us about the great offers at HelloFresh yet again? Well, I say this to you, my friend. The days are getting shorter. The nights are getting longer. You're coming home from work. It's already dark. The kids are going back to school. They're an absolute nightmare when they come home. You're getting tired. The last thing you want is to think, oh, I have to go out to the store. I have to get ingredients. I have to put the dinner together. It's just going to take a couple of hours. We all get a bit lazy at this time of year. It's perfectly understandable. You're human. I'm human. But you know what? Our friends at HelloFresh are here to make things just that bit easier for you. Gear up for the busy fall season with 55-plus weekly options and take the stress out of meal planning and prepping. From family-friendly, fit and wholesome, and even veggie, HelloFresh has tasty and nutritious meals sure to please everyone. Getting back into the fall season can be busy, but weeknights can be made so much easier with foolproof, step-by-step recipes, ready in around 30 minutes or less. I don't know about you guys, but I get home in about, oh, 9pm in the evening? And if I had my pre-portioned ingredients ready to go for dinner, my God, that just make things a little bit easier. You know, especially when I've got Stagger Leam alone waiting for me to get on the blower to him to record another episode of his podcast, Days of Thunder. How can you avail of this offer? Well, my friends, I shall tell you. You go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16 and when you're there, use the code V-O-W-16. That's going to get you 16 free meals across 7 boxes and 3 free gifts. I'll say that one more time. It's HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16, code V-O-W-16 while you're there for 16 free meals across 7 boxes and 3 free gifts. It's really too good to let that opportunity pass you by. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Back to the show. Hey, Lee, Uh, they bring something up here that was mentioned once before on the show, and I didn't look it up last time, but I had to this time. They mentioned Brett's interview with Rita Seaver on NBC.
2: Okay, so this is the link you
1: sent me. Yes. So Later, I think it's called Later, uh, a program that Rita Seaver uh, presented, and it seems to be one of those kind of late night, it wasn't quite a, like, you know... Uh, Johnny Carson desk and a talk show strictly like they seem to do some skits and then it was more of a kind of like pally conversation. It seemed to in the because we've heard her name several times on broadcast. So she seems to be like um a a popular place to send WCW wrestlers to for mainstream exposure on NBC. Um And Bret Hart was on the show. And Taney and Larry mentioned, like, uh, particularly Larry, were quite frosty about some of the things Brett said on there. And I was interested. So I watched the whole appearance of Bret Hart on Later with Redeceiver. Now I'm going to get to what was one of the greatest things I ever saw in my life as part of this um, in a bit. But the interview... I thought this was a very interesting interview. Okay. And do you know why that was? Go on. I thought it was very funny. That, now, Brett is in the middle of his I quit WCW angle. He's still very much there. He will be very much back quite soon. But he's doing his I quit WCW. You remember on our last nights of Nitro, he did the metal plate thing with Goldberg Mm -hmm. and then he quit. Right, So his whole thing is insisting to anybody that listened that he's not coming back. He does this interview. And I think... You know the way sometimes, Lee... The things we talk about on this show... Weirdly line up with things that are happening in real Mm -hmm. life. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Arguably... The hottest star in the company when he was signed... does an interview in which he slates the entire company and a lot of its biggest stars by name into a live mic with the tacit approval of his employers because, well, in this case, they would let him on the show. Uh, I can't think of any 2022 comparisons to this at all. Um, I'm,
2: I'm stunned that Eric Bischoff would allow one of his top stars, to go on, you know, yeah. on pu- in public and, you mm-hmm. know, badmouth his fellow workers. Because, yep. you know, yeah Eric Bischoff in 2022 would never badmouth a promotion that had the same thing happen.
1: Yeah. In this, what, like, Redeceiver wanted this to be a fairly light-hearted interview. And instead, Brett, like, opens a fucking clip on it. <laughs> So I'm I I don't have everything he said here, but he buried it. It's it's a great interview, like in as much as like it's Brett being Brett very much, of course, because it's Brett Hart, he buries Goldberg. Mm. And this is before he even has that grudge with Goldberg. It describes him as not being a real wrestler. He then buries current WCW champion, Diamond Dallas Page, as not being good enough. He buries the very concept of current day wrestling, saying, you know, his usual stake from Wrestling Machado is that there's no heroes anymore in pro wrestling. He then turns his ire to Vince McMahon, um, who he describes as a liar, a snake... And saying that people in WWF, uh, presumably people who are still there, are walking around constantly afraid that he's going to turn on them next. Uh, He buries the entirety of World Championship Wrestling, saying he's happy to be finished with them. And then the interview segment is finished. They move on to what the next segment is, which i will talk about in a second. And in this segment, which is not part of the interview whatsoever, he takes time to mention... ...and bury Sting for stealing his finisher. (laughs) Um, okay. (laughs) Look, this is supposed to be, like... I can't stress enough. This is all supposed to be part of his angle. So, like, Brehart
2: went on the equivalent of, like, Graham Norton... ...to promote WCW. And
1: torched the entire professional wrestling landscape including his employers, and most people he could conceivably be in a feud with when he comes back.
2: This Brett, Brett will always do, Brett.
1: It's unbelievable. Like, he talks about... Like, as well as, you know, um, being happy to be done with them, he talks about how WCW completely misused him since day one, which oh, is so fucking true. true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, stop saying it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but then he... Um, he does a pro wrestling demonstration in the final segment of the show, which is him against uh, a a ringer called the Fallen Angel. Yes, that's right. A young whippersnapper, Christopher Daniels, is his wrestling dummy in this segment uh, where he, I think he does a crossface chicken wing. I can't remember if he does anything else, but he does the, the sharpshooter, which is where he you know gets the jibe in at sting um so he does that that's the end of him on the show but a video i sent to you mm-hmm. lee before i get into it did you watch it uh yes i was half asleep but i did watch it yes so there's a skit from the, so this is obviously like the intro skit to the show and they're talking about uh re is giving out that's like basically there's been so many wcw wrestlers on the show and it's caused so much chaos do i work for nbc or do I work for the WCW wink wink nudge nudge and as <laughs> they're talking away all of a sudden i like what is the best way i can describe this Christopher Daniels is fucking yeeted through a door <laughs> yeah remember, remember that
2: bump that Gargano took from uh, Keith Lee in NXT into the crowd
1: was that not Adam, Adam Cole? Cole?
2: Sorry, not Gargano. Adam Cole. Um, yeah. yeah, that that was Daniel's coming through the door.
1: Yeah, it was. He exploded through this door and splintered it in half. <laughs> like I watched. I can't tell you how many times I watched this. It's just one of those like the comic timing and the way he just like like folds like an accordion coming through this door that he'd presumably been pitched at like a lawn dart I had, I had tears in my eyes watching it I compared it to one of my all time great unintentional comedy moments and that was in a an acolytes barroom brawl on raw ones viscera slipped in a puddle of beer and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life and uh I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. Brilliant, I have to say, well worth looking up
2: um, the the interview just to see this this skit.
1: Like the interview is definitely worth watching because it's like, how is he saying this, and how does he think this is a good idea? I don't think Um, he cared at this point already. No, uh, no, this is like this is a pure, uncut slice of bread, and it's just funny. That, you know, um, all the talk of like Punk and FTR being such Bret Hart fanboys. And just after, you know, we're what, six, eight weeks out from the brawl out mm-hmm. incident. And there's talk about the contract buyout happening that I just so happen to be covering this show. And it makes me watch this interview segment where Bret Hart on, on undeniably a much bigger platform yes. than a post-match scrum with the wrestling media torches his entire company it's very funny and like you said if anybody f- who had any position of power at this time in WCW says a fucking peep about how unprofessional they think Punk mm-hmm. was or you know what they think of the situation I will be reminded of this footage you, you, you should actually tweet the next
2: time it. A certain person, a business expert, talks about um, how he ran a company. Yeah. You, you should tweet yeah. uh, a link to this uh, Brad interview.
1: I might well do. I might well do. Just just anyway, make sure you do uh, it from Buff the Thunder Bagwell. account. Yeah, yeah. Buff Bagwell wins with a blockbuster. He did. He did. Good. Which is the only thing Good worth. move. Yeah. Good. Oh, great move. I love it. Um, but not nearly as good as the Brett interview. Not nearly... Not in the same league of good as Chris Daniels being fucking hoofed through a door. Great. Um. So we go back to Nitro. Uh, Piper, the legal lady from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and David Flair. Gormless lady. idiot, David Flair. It was. It was the Ooh, very probably. same one. Yes. Well, I guess, you know, she was backstage on last week's show. So they just had her film another one. I actually should go back and see if she was in the same outfit. <laughs> Or was she a real worker and she brought a change of clothes for the second show? She probably signed a contract the first Week. That'll tell me if she was a real pro. That'll tell me she was a real pro. Um, So, David Flair, Gormless Idiot David Flair is back. And it is revealed in this segment where he's talking to Piper that one of the things Rick signed was to face Nash. uh, And also, uh, David Flair signed off on the 72-hour psychiatric hold. Um, And if it wasn't obvious enough what they were going for... (laughs) Captain Subtlety himself, Roddy Piper, out loud says, Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> so, there you go. If you're wondering what film they're doing, then that's what they're doing. Um, so, so hang, we get, hang, hang on, which film is uh, it? Oh, uh, it'll be One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, starring Jack ah, Nicholson.
2: okay. No, just they, they yes. didn't.
1: They weren't, you know. No, no, they didn't, no. But uh, that's what I'm here for, my friend. Noted cinephile. Um... So the the only good part of all this was the um, the back and forth between Piper and Ric Flair, going "You are fired," "I am not fired," "You are fired," "I am not fired." Go to watch that for ten minutes. Um, then we see uh, later on during the Nash Flair match, Na- Nash jackknifes Flair, and Robinson walks out uh, of the match, refusing to count the pin, and then the doctors in the conspicuous lab coats uh, wheel him out. Uh, they wheel him into a very nondescript I'm definitely getting kidnapped van. Uh, and I will say the only person who seems completely alarmed by this is Aaron Anderson. Yeah, Aaron is screaming where's the life support stuff? Yeah, he's like, he sniffs that there's something rotten about there, this situation from second one. There is one. no medical equipment in this
2: nondescript
1: white van. No. So, uh, there's not even a floor in it. It's just bare metal. He's dragged off the stretcher because the, like, the stretcher gets jammed. So they have to drag him off it because it's live TV on Ar- Monday. Aaron is
2: very concerned about this. And uh,
1: yeah,
2: I-, I love the, like you said, the, the subtle hammer of uh, Roddy closes the door and dr- very dramatically reveals the well, a Southern Florida mental issue or whatever it says.
1: Uh, Central, Central Florida, Florida
2: Mental yeah. Hospital um, and then the camera just zooms in on it just just
1: in case you're in any yeah. doubt all it was missing was a dun 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 <laughs> tune in next week yeah oh my god yeah it was real bad and it's gonna get worse one thing that uh, we missed the context of is um, during this segment uh, the backstage part not the in the ring part Charles Robinson was shirtless. Was he? Yes. Why? The top was gone. Yeah. Like, he walked out with a ring, went to the back, and the top was gone. Who knows? But... Unfortunately, we're probably going to see him with his shirt off a good but bit more. Was he caught more. off guard? Who's to say? Who is to say? Uh, next up, we have what I think based on Twitter was Lee Malone's match of the night. Match of the year. It's Rick Steiner taking fucking liberties with Disco <laughs> Inferno.
2: <laughs> I love um Ian, Ian, Ian Dice in Dice Clay that we follow on Twitter. Great follow. Yeah. Big WCW fan. And he always tweets about the story of um when WCW were on tour in, it was either Germany or England, and Disco was shit talking down the back of the the bus, and Aaron Anderson just got up, very calmly walked down the bus, slapped Disco in the face, told him to shut the fuck up, and Disco did nothing. <laughs> and did what he was told. And I couldn't help yeah. think of a, thinking of that, watching this match where Rick Steiner just.
1: Abused Disco Inferno. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I know what it is this was going to the ring. By the way, there was three matches left on this card and
0: twenty five
1: yes. minutes left on TV, so I knew this one wasn't going um, long. We should
2: say Disco Inferno had been getting a push. Um, yeah. he's no longer getting
1: a push. Uh, yes. I uh, one would have to wonder who he said something to. Um, um yeah because he is out of favour right now I'm
2: guessing he's no longer Kevin's boy at this point Um, Mm. yeah Um, he had to have done something this week to piss off somebody because you don't get put in there with Rick Steiner and Rick getting very obviously told beat him up
1: yeah Yeah, and he did Um, lots of empty chairs during this match as well which is a shame Um, yes because I would have loved to have seen this um, also, in another current day parallel, I'm very much reminded of all the hand-wringing around the athena Jody threat match from last week. Did night. you watch that match? It's, it's awesome. Great. It's so good. I
2: need more matches like that.
1: Yeah. I couldn't believe the amount of allegedly knowledgeable people... Did- these people haven't watched the match. Who got yeah. absolutely fucking worked to bits. I saw fucking Cornet going mad about it. Jim Jim Cornette, who who completely
2: spent years Cor- talking about how people would quit the business instead of ha- being in a squash match with
1: Vader. Yeah. And who like will bury anybody who is who for doing a flip for doing um anything that looks cooperative. It's like, this was clearly, like, were you under any illusion for a single second of that match that it was anything short of a stiff but worked match? I know, it was, it was pure UFC.
2: It was, like, legit.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. That That's why, you know, Jodie Threat was tweeting within a couple of hours of the match how hyped she was for her debut on Dark and how much she enjoyed the match, etc. Don't be using yeah.
2: logic, Dave. She was obviously coerced yeah, by Tony yeah. Khan.
1: It's just one of those like I think people are because of the stuff that has happened in the last while people are really rushing to find the next things are all bad I, I there. found
2: Twitter in the last especially the last six months it's just jumping from thing to thing to thing and if you're not outraged about yeah. something well then what's the point in being online? And yeah. it, it's horrendous. Yeah. Like it's just it's an awful discourse.
1: It's I, I think what this match caught I, I think what happened as well with this match, because people were seeing clips before they mm-hmm. saw the show. Um, I think you had another case of where people were so desperate for to get their take out into the yep. wild that they didn't do the, the context of of watching the match. Um watching the whole match or watching the whole show. And like, guys, some of these commentary pairings they have on these shows, you gotta be watching Dark and Dark Elevation for the crack. Like even if it's just background mm-hmm. viewing, like I don't know if anybody within the sound of my voice has been listening to Daddy Magic doing I commentary. Yeah,
2: i was only heard
1: bits. Just look if you're if if you're a Daddy Magic guy, which I know you are, Lee, you're gonna have a great did, time. Did, did you did you, did you
2: see his tweet the week of the uh, the Athena Jody Trent match? and no. somebody said oh you know the the realest thing on the show was daddy magic's commentary and he quoted <laughs> it going oh well I thought it was the Athena Jody threat match yeah just brilliant
1: yeah yeah um but the match is brilliant. The, those dark shows are a lot of fun. Like, it's just... If you like squash matches, which, like, both of us very much do, you get a lot of really fun squash mm-hmm. matches. And then occasionally, you get, like, somebody who's like, oh... There's you something to know kind of you get either... of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really interesting shows. Um, They are, like, my perfect I'm working from home and want something on the TV Yeah, if, I, if I'm
2: in the house on my own on a Saturday afternoon, I just stick on YouTube. And as I'm walking in and out of the room, it's like... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's great. Um, but it's funny because like this was legitimately like, uh, there's no arguments here that Rick Steiner was taking liberties, and this is something that Rick Steiner would be known mm-hmm. for. Um, particularly towards the end of WCW, yeah, from, from basically this, this and point
2: so, on, Rick is like the shooter of the company.
1: Yeah, and very much like, it's just interesting to me how people. You know, some people that may have been involved in the company at the time were so, oh, heaven forfend about the two women mm-hmm. doing it. Um, Yeah. Mm, yeah. Just just something I couldn't help but think about during this match. Um, Rick Steiner wins the shock of nobody with uh, an Indian death lock, chin lock combo. <laughs>
2: Again, a submission move. We've never seen Rick Steiner do submissions. Yeah. Yeah. There he's It's an absolute che- shooter. think te- che- uh, sank it in a little bit just
1: to, to prove a point? 100%. 100%. Um, next up, we have a flashback to Nitro, Page's assault on Goldberg and the ref. Uh, I'm devastated to report from this clip that Dusty Rhodes is back on commentary on Nitro. Um, Nash comes out just in time to stop the ring post figure, figure four. And there is a moment where... Nash and Goldberg look each other in the eye and reach out to each other like, you know lovers. I was just gonna say a real poison ivy moment. Genuinely one of the most romantic things I've ever seen on Nitro, and I wanted to see mm-hmm. more of it. Um and I'm not afraid to admit that. Uh singles match up next, Goldberg versus the cat. Uh big reaction for old Goldie B. Still over like sure Rover uh, I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, do you know what I might throw to you for this one, Lee? Because you you tweeted about this match and what it reminded you about where Goldberg's star was. Yeah, like here's the thing: like we, you said it at the top of the show, it feels
2: like a long, long time ago that Goldberg was world champion, and yet mm-hmm. here on a taped Nitro, or a taped Thunder, sorry. Uh, what what was it five months after losing the title in one of the worst angles in the history of wrestling television without a um, Mm doubt the fans are still two what three three and a half hours into a tape TV taping on their feet for this man he is still the biggest star in all of American wrestling at this point I like Austin at this point was out injured in 1999
1: uh, no, not, not yet Not yet no, okay. not The yet, shine yeah. was off a
2: little bit At this point Coming yeah. into
1: the, Well they were do- They were fucking about is, at this Isn't this stage. the Undertaker
2: like, feud With the The fucking the, um, what, What's that fucking pay-per-view This is So King this is ring uh, in, in So then.
1: Backlash 99 has just happened Which is an Austin Rock rematch
2: okay. And then the follow uh, in The, the follow month event. is Austin
1: Undertaker Isn't it Uh, I think Oh I want to say we're on to take our wins the title. Um sorry I'm just I'm literally looking up here so it's yeah backlash uh, what date was backlash was backlash this month. Oh, backlash <laughs> backlash is literally the 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 end of April. Okay. So it's like it is cuz what date was this show? Um yeah, so it's three days after this show is uh, the Austin Rock rematch. So it hasn't quite started to taper down yet. Um, but yeah, you're right that the... Well, we've already had a year of Austin being like mm-hmm. on top of the company, even though we spent a lot of that like doing the fucking... The unbelievably tedious, uh, eventually, like, you know, we're going to think of different ways to fuck him out of the belt this month and blah 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 which
2: blah. they do all through the summer now again.
1: Um yeah. Oh, so they yeah, so the 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 month after that is the UK No so. Mercy. Okay. And then the month after that is over oh, the Oh yeah, edge.
2: that's the paper. yes. Yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Goldberg at this point to me is still the absolute biggest star in North American wrestling at this point. Just just mm-hmm. on reactions alone almost. Um, yeah, And it's unbelievable to me that WCW not only got it so wrong in real time with his first title run, everything, mm-hmm. the build up to the title win, the run itself where they had no idea what to do with him, Yeah, they caught lightning with the Bam Bam feud, squandered it, mm-hmm. they seemed to have something with an ash shield, threw that away. Yeah, they could have built back up to another Hogan Goldberg match. Mm. That was put to the side so Flair could feud with Hogan. Yeah, and now after they've somehow stumbled back to Goldberg still being incredibly over. Mm. Yeah, we are now getting Kevin Ash and Goldberg being buddy buddy.
1: Do do you see, could I ask you, do you see parallels between uh, on this one particular theme between WCW and AEW in as much as this is a company that not all the time, but sometimes can be really good at booking the chase, but not the rain. Because that is a problem, That that is a consistent problem in AEW, I would argue. Hangman will be one of the big ones, and I think currently we're seeing it to a smaller extent because it's a mid-card title, but with Wardlow.
2: Yeah, I I think Wardlow has definitely been, uh, I don't want to say squandered because the whole MJF thing and the big win. like Yeah, it was a big win beating MJF, yeah. but ultimately it was about MJF, not about Wardlow.
1: Yeah, it, it none of it is his. Like he has been a victim of circumstance that, like his big, his big win over MJF was overshadowed by MJF the whatever yeah, yeah. fucking weirdness was going on with MJF at that time, and then he he was supposed to be involved in a hot feud as part of Punk's pinnacle against yeah. uh, MJF and the firm, and obviously that didn't and, happen,
2: and you know. Obviously, the, the the plan was always for him to be TNT t- champion. But it's just unfortunate mm. that the TNT title was fucking tanked in the months before he yeah. got it. In yeah. like one of the yeah. worst fields in the history of the company. Um, yeah. I, I absolutely see that comparison. Um, and I think a, another example, like you said, the Hangman is another good example of that. But the, the thing with Goldberg is they... They had an opportunity when he had to, in the build-up to the title win squandered. That's one. The title run itself was two. The mm-hmm. the finger poke of Doom and everything involving that, to me, that was another missed opportunity to build back up to Hogan Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And now, again, he's hot at this point, and they ultimately do nothing with him. Yeah. So four times in the span of a year. I can easily say they got things wrong with Goldberg, and it's yeah. incredible that Goldberg has maintained the aura of Goldberg throughout all of that, even up to the end yeah. of the company. The one person people were 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 craving WWE to bring in more than any other was Goldberg. Yeah, and it, it's just it's unfathomable unfathomable. To me as a fan, looking back, how a company filled with supposedly smart people could not see in real time that that was the guy. No matter what anybody else wanted, that was the guy. And he never really got a signature world title run.
1: I think I was one of the the things about doing this show. I hadn't ever appreciated how short that, that first was. that yeah. initial title, but yeah. it's even the fact that it's short. I've...
2: Everyone will point out the DDP match. Everyone will point out the Sting match. Yeah. They yeah. happened what in the space of a month to two of them.
1: Yeah.
0: If if
2: if not now, even less, like
1: a month right before the end of his reign, like the, you know what I mean? Like Havoc was the last pay per view before but like. <laughs> He beat it. Hogan, and then he was just on Nitro beating Jobbers. Like, oh, yeah. Haku is getting a title match this week. Which which is kind of another one of the things that reminds me of, of Wardlow, in as much as, obviously, again, it's mm-hmm. mid-card title versus world title. But, like, he won the title, and they immediately had him back with Tony Nese yeah. and Mark Sterling. And, look, I love Mark Sterling as well, you know. But, like, that's not what you want to be doing with this guy. Yeah. Um, it's just,
2: it's so frustrating. Like we've said this before. Like when you see things like this, and it, this is the reason we wanted to do the show is to go back and catch these things that in real time you may have missed. You know, as a younger fan, or that other people haven't picked up on. And I really don't think it's it's talked about how just Goldberg would constantly get over, in spite yeah. of everything. That WCW looking yeah. through Adam, yeah, and they just never got it right with him. They really didn't ever get it right with him. Mm-hmm. They got it right up to the US title run. Winning uh-huh. the US belt was a fantastic moment on Nitro, an all-time good moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. like everything that followed that.
1: Yeah, because it's you know again like we we don't need to re- you know necessarily go back into the ins and outs of the week to week, but it's like because once he's won that title then he's it's undeniable that you have to put him up against Hogan and that's when people are like oh (laughs) maybe not so hasty guys you know couldn't get out of their own Mm -hmm. way Um, but yeah there's nothing really to write home about this match if you think in your head about the cat versus Goldberg that's the match um, one thing I will say that he does in here that got a huge pop out of me was he nearly killed both men <laughs> as he, uh, Sonny Ono gets in towards the end of the match Goldberg picks him up press slams him into the cat and then spears both of them both of them take headers into off the, the corner uh, into, the pool, the yep. bottom, into the corner and the bottom rope as they go down that looked like it sucked and people lost it for that they lost it for the jackhammer and he win um, and you can tell how much buyer's remorse there is on what they've done to them over the last couple of months because did you catch how commentary are now trying to put over that look he's really still yeah. undefeated when you think about they're, it they're
2: really <laughs> like trying to push that ah well he was never really beaten yeah guys
1: Genie is out Should've of the bottle be- you they fucked us even had not beaten
2: Ash at the last pay-per-view
1: yeah you yeah. fucked it move on it's done it's over you're not convincing anybody sorry he can still be over, but you're not going to... You can't undo that. You can't. Uh, main event time. Six-man tag match. Perry Saturn, Raven, and Ray Mysterio Jr. versus Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Kidman with Arn Anderson. Uh, the Kidman horseman team. None of them are pleased about this situation. <laughs> Three... Well, four men, if you include Arn, coming out scowling, keeping their distance from one another um that that made me laugh um they talk about how and show how the horsemen on nitro beat down our our moody grunge boys but were saved by uh, mysterio and kidman um quickly at the start of this match we get ray and kidman squaring off but then tagging in raven instead you know you're doing the slow i will say even though i hate the trope that all tag teams must fight I think they're going slower with the Kidman and Ray thing than I would have given them credit for, and I appreciate that.
2: But they're also going slower with it because they became tag champions when they were in the middle of a feud.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, even though I'm trying to give them credit, they don't necessarily... So there's no
2: drama to the fact of, oh, Ray and Kidman hooking it up. Well, yeah, they did, like, six times last month. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... There's just like I, I just sat back at one point because there was just a early in this match a stretch of actual honest good to wrestling. god good yeah. wrestling. It really yeah. was. It's nice. It's really nice. There was nice, one point it? I think it, it starts off with Mysterio and Malenko,
2: then it's yeah. uh, Kidman and Raven, then Benoit and Saturn. Yeah. And then they start mixing up the pairings, and it's mm-hmm. just wrestling. It's nice,
1: and enjoyable. Yes, yeah, it's just very enjoyable. Um, what's not enjoyable is a reminder of one of the matches that's coming up on Slamboree um, because they talk about how Medusa has been brought in to train gorgeous George for her match with Charles Robinson and I'm thinking to myself could Medusa not do the match herself instead or better yet not do the match at all mm-hmm. but that is not what's going to happen yep <sighs> match goes through a break with Ben Wall working on Ray and when we come back for the break Saturn is wearing a red tinsel wig
2: yeah so when did Saturn go to a Christmas party
1: I I laughed right I thought this was very funny until the commentary drew attention to it. They should have played this like they didn't notice any mm-hmm. difference at all. It would have been very funny if he was just wearing the wig and everybody just, just fucking carried him, yeah. on. Just just ignore it. Fucking wacky old parents over there doing his thing. Don't even pay him any heed. I would have liked that.
2: Joe you know what Saturn should have been? Saturn should have been like the wrestling version of uh, Tobias and the rest of the development where everyone just ignores whatever his new thing is.
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um. Oh my god, he def yeah, because he definitely went into a shop uh, and asked you know about leather daddies, hundred percent. Um, there's an incredible oh yeah, there's an incredible suplex uh, reverse into a roll up. Uh, from Ray that that happens like he drops off his back into a waist lock and Ray, rolls Ray him up in like yeah. one swift yeah, movement. Yeah, great. yeah, insane. Uh, Malenko's on the. The apron admonishing Kidman for not wanting to get in. Uh, Kidman comes in to try and help Ray. Malenko punches him. Kidman tries to help Ray up still, but Benoit blind tags in and throws Kidman out of the ring. He goes for a back superplex. Uh, Ray rolls on top of him, but Malenko breaks it up. Kidman tries to save Ray outside, and Raven comes to brawl outside with Benoit. Order is briefly restored, and Malenko gets back in the ring to stretch Ray a bit. Uh, Ray reverses a, a big back body drop attempt into a face buster and Saturn gets the hot tag. Great hot tag as Perry Saturn, by the way. Um, he takes them all out and then tags Ray again. Match breaks down, but Malenko is back on Ray as quickly as he can. Uh, Kidman finally in to help Ray, and just as it looks like the match might be ending in Ray's favor. Arne takes Ray off the top rope and hits the Aaron Anderson spine buster, which every time pop, Lee big pop every time big pop
2: every time every time and I, I did enjoy that Robinson actually made an effort to ignore what was going on
1: yeah yeah uh, and then as as he hits the mat, Malenko clubs Kidman in the back of the head, which causes him to fall on Ray for the three count. Uh, the show rushes off the air as the horsemen leave. Um, I thought, you know, we're not big interference leading to a finish, guys, on this show. But I thought contriving to make it so that Kidman pins Ray when this is the story mm-hmm. you're trying to tell with Kidman and Ray. Pretty good. But again, I'm probably like... I would still err on the side of I prefer you just did the tag match that you had originally announced, guys.
2: They were the team that weren't the team that won the tag belts. Okay, they yeah, they, they're not the biggest fans of each other. That that was the yeah. story.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what did you think of this show? Your overall thoughts? I thought, uh, well, actually, no. Do you know what? Uh, talk about the main event first, and then give us your your overall uh, thoughts. The
2: main, like, like I said, there was some very good wrestling. Um. They went a bit heavy-handed on the on the Kidman and Ray. Don't want to wrestle each other thing, but other than
1: that, they had maybe one or two yeah. too many of those moments. Other I than think.
2: that, it was just six of the best guys on the roster going in and having a six-man tag.
1: Yeah, just clearly enjoying having the time to do that. Like this went like nearly ten and minutes.
2: Yeah, it's fine. And like you said, it, it's obviously building to a point with Kidman and Ray, maybe.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Maybe possibly if they don't forget. Um,
2: but yeah, decent. Um, I thought the show overall was breezy enough. Watch I watched it all in one go, which is a rarity. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Nice digestible edition. It, of it thunder, opened
2: I with a fun dumb brawl. Uh, there was an actual murder in the middle of the show, <laughs> and then yeah. it closed with, like I said, a breezy enough six man tag. That that's yeah. a good Thunder yep. by all accounts. Hmm. Uh, Winners and losers For you Uh, Winners and losers Losers is fucking Not Getting his head kicked in Um, Winners I think Vampiro Still looks strong Even though It was a bit of a A fluke win I think He's He's slowly Getting over
1: Mm. Yeah They're slowly Whether they mean to Or not at this stage Slowly getting him To where Mm -hmm. He needs to be And
2: I, I maintain That the tag title feud Is still the best thing In the company At this point
1: yeah, 100%. No coincidence that it's the thing Raven's involved since, in. Is since the, best
2: the tag thing. title tournament final with uh, Henning and Wyndham and the Horsemen.
1: Mm-hmm. What
2: was that, February?
1: Yeah, I think so. Since
2: then, the, the tag titles have been the best thing on show.
1: Hmm. Yeah. well oh. agree with you. Uh, The finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga gives us seven matches with six clean finishes and one interference leading directly to a finish, that being the main event, of course. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. We'll be back in two weeks on the free feed uh, for another episode. Uh, And our next episode, Lee, is not only episode 61 of Thunder, but it's also the simulcast uh, edition of the podcast, as we will also be covering the pilot of Smackdown.
2: I did not know that, but now I'm looking forward to it. Yes.
1: Yes. So this is going to be a very interesting but show. Very interesting show as Do we Do not forget, both.
2: next week we will have a free show available on our Patreon. Or sorry, later later on this week, maybe next week, early next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, it depends on when we get round to, to watching and recording. Possibly this weekend, who
2: knows. It's, it's yes. hard to tell the fucking future times well it's
1: got well no one thing we can say is it's going to drop on Halloween night which is Monday so it will be next week so yes. I was
2: correct for some. Yeah.
1: yeah we don't know when we're going to record it but we know when it's coming um, out uh, it'll be out on Halloween f- night our Ketoween yeah, 2 free
2: podcast on our Patreon patreon.com or or
1: yeah <laughs> and that will be us uh, giving our at the movies style breakdown of Scream 2 which I'm very much looking forward to I was trying to think about the last time I saw Scream 2. I can't even no, I remember can't when it was. I can always, re- like I can recall Scream beat for beat in the back of my head. But Scream 2, I'm l- I have less individual strong memories of. So I'm going into it relatively fresh. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so you can look for that uh, to find out more about uh, what stuff we're doing behind the paywall uh, apart from our control centre you can just hop on over to a uh, and check it out for yourself lots and lots of good stuff going on over there so until next time my friends uh, thank you very much for listening um, and we'll speak to you soon bye bye thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. Keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at WCW ThunderPod or click the Linktree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at the day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore seven one three. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts and you can shake a stick at. Thanks.